Well, good morning, Mosaic. It's, whoa, hello, hot mic. It's really nice to have everyone here this morning, and uh, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And if we haven't met before, uh, my name is Kurt, and uh, it's really nice to have you here. And one of the things I love about Mosaic um, is, man, this is just a place where you can come just as you are. And uh, that's a beautiful thing, um, because when you can come just as you are, there's no need to pretend. Uh, You can bring your questions. You can bring just uh, whatever personality is with you that morning. And there's people here to love you and say welcome. Um, But as a result of coming just as you are, you know, one of the things you'll notice about Mosaic is like um, efficiency and productivity isn't always at the top of our list, right? Because, yeah, it's just, you know, when you get to come as you are, like it just slows things down a little bit. But that's all right. Our God is a patient God. Uh, Our God is um, not as caught up into our worship as efficiency and productivity as we are. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing that we can slow down and really um, just enjoy in this time together. So welcome to summer, everybody. Isn't it beautiful around Lincoln these days? Oh, my goodness. It is just gorgeous around here. Um, I was preparing myself for, like, you know, the upper 90s with the humidity and everything. But this is just fantastic. And um, even then, kind of, it, it kind of influenced a little bit, I think, of where we're going to be here in the next few weeks. So I was kind of like... God, what, what direction do you want to bring us in, you know, over these next weeks here as the summer begins? And I, I had this strong sense uh, that God would like to invite us into discovering a real sense of wonder and awe and wisdom as we approach some of the ancient stories that are in this Bible, these scriptures that we look to. Um, And in a lot of ways, as we kind of step into these stories, my hope for us is that you would leave from here on a Sunday morning with just this renewed sense of like, wow, I get to be a part of this, right? I mean, this, this story that's been unfolding throughout the ages, I get to be a part of it. And what is this looking like for my life? And how do I get to share this with lives that I'm interacting with all week long? And that would be a, a beautiful thing. Um, our world doesn't need people um, kind of approaching the scriptures like, hey, I've got all these perfect, clear answers. Let me enter into battle with you about how my perfect, clear answers are better than your questions. Um, I believe that more than anything, our world needs people who have interacted with the scriptures in a way that leads us to wisdom so that as we step out into the world, we actually know how to engage the world around us through just kind of a non-anxious presence, right? Where we're able to just share the truth and the love of God with people in beautiful ways, in wise ways. Doesn't that sound refreshing in our world right now, right? That we would actually be people who step out with kind of this graceful, winsome wisdom um, out into the world and say, hey... Get a load of this. This is what God's been up to throughout the ages, and we believe that he's even working in the here and now, and we want to be open to this. I had shared with our setup team this morning a a quote that I had, um, something I read earlier this week from an author who um, has passed away. His name was Brennan Manning. He wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Highly recommend it if you've never interacted with any of Brennan's writings. The Ragamuffin Gospel is a great place to start. But these words just really sat with me and kind of just stuck. God comes to me 
where I live and loves me where I am, period. So therefore, if I am not where I am, God cannot meet me. So I wonder where you are this morning. Maybe you're in a really good place. Maybe you sense that God's presence is very near. Maybe you sense that kind of relationships are whole around you. Maybe you're living with this deep sense of purpose. That's a beautiful thing. God is meeting you right there. Uh, But maybe you're here this morning and you're just flat out physically, emotionally, mentally exhausted. Great. God will meet you there. Will you just stay in that place? And that's the beautiful thing about coming to Mosaic. You don't have to pretend. You can be right where you are. And again, so the result is when you come to Mosaic, you'll notice like efficiency and productivity aren't at the top of our list. What's at the top of our list is really embodying this, allowing God to meet us right where you are. Maybe this morning you're really angry. Maybe you're angry at the world. Maybe you're angry at a neighbor. Maybe you're angry at a spouse. Maybe you're angry at someone that just yesterday you loved deeply, but this morning they just really miffed you off. Maybe this morning you feel like kind of your feet are up in the air, you know? It's like a car crash, right? Your wheels are spinning, but you're upside down. Classic U2 song. Um, so I don't know where you're at this morning, but, but allow yourself to be there. Because this morning, that's where God wants to meet you. And this morning, we're going to step into one of these ancient stories that we find in the Hebrew scriptures that are now also our scriptures, Right? Um, The Apostle Paul, in writing a letter to the Romans, he actually says to the Roman Christians there, he says, remember, you don't support the root, but the root supports you. And so even the Apostle Paul, kind of coming out of his Jewish background, understood like there's this whole story that's been unfolding throughout the centuries. And this story is ultimately a foundation for which you can stand on, right? It's a foundation through which you can find a home, you can find meaning and purpose, And so this morning, I want to address kind of that sense of just that universal feeling that maybe all of us either have experienced or maybe might be experiencing right now. And that's simply this. um, What the heck is going on? Right? What, how did I get here? How did, how did this like all play out, you know, around me? In some ways, that's just living in America right now, right? I mean, seriously, we wake up in the morning and we're like, How did we get here? What's going on? Um, But then that also happens in all kinds of micro levels in our lives too, right? I mean, maybe there's things happening right now where there's relationship struggle, there's relationship breakdown. Um, Maybe you found yourself in a new set of circumstances or a new set of events. Maybe you're just finding something going on inside your heart and your soul, and you're like, what is going on? And can we just stop and maybe just look around the room right now? And can we just sympathize with each other that, like, we all feel that from time to time? Yeah? Like, don't don't you guys feel that from time to time? What's going on? How did I get here? And sometimes the tendency then is to want to, we want to hurry up and quick to, all right, but how do we get efficient and productive in the midst of these feelings? But, like, before we get there, um, before we start thinking about how we can kind of manipulate the circumstances and, like, make things happen, you know, so that we can push through, Let's just allow ourselves to feel it. And let's allow ourselves the opportunity to acknowledge that God is present in that place. 
Can we do that right now? Whatever you're feeling that feels off, whatever you're experiencing, it's like, how, how did we get here? What's going on? I feel a little kind of like my feet are up in the air and I'm upside down. That God is in that place and God wants to meet you there. So back in 1923, uh, there was an Austrian-born German philosopher. His name was Martin Buber. Um, Horrible name if you're a middle school boy. Um, So Martin Buber, in the year 1923, uh, wrote this book entitled Ich Undu. It's because he was German. Uh, Spoke German. Wrote German. Austrian-born, but lived in Germany, so spoke German. Um, so wrote this book, Ishandu, in German. In 1937, uh, it was translated into English. Ishandu simply means I and thou. And what Martin Buber was trying to do is he was trying to help us understand at this philosophical level that most of us engage with the world in an I-it kind of way. So there's, there's us and then there's it, you know, the situation, the feeling, the thing that you're experiencing right now. And when something is an it, what's our natural response? To push it away, to control it, to manipulate it, to get it to be what we want it to be, to feed our ego. And so he's saying most of us, we, we engage instinctually with the world in an I-it kind of way. And Mark, what What Martin Buber was doing is helping us understand that ultimately reality, our created reality, it needs to be an I and thou understanding. That we're not just these isolated, free-floating objects, but we actually are like in union with one another and ultimately in union with God. And so more than anything, whatever's going on in our lives right now, God is present in the midst of that. And God is present in the face in each person that we meet along the way. And so how do we relate to each other in this I and thou kind of way rather than an I and it kind of way? Life finds its meaningfulness in relationships. And ultimately the relationship that we have with God, but then also our relationship with one another. This morning, I want us to look at a story from the book of Exodus that I think will help us understand this I and thou relationship and how we can step into this a little more, how we can grow in a sense of wonder and awe, but also wisdom. So as we get to the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, we're moving out of kind of the story of the patriarchs that's taking place in the book of Genesis. We had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And remember, God gave his promises to Abraham, right? I'm going to make you a great nation. And I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to all other nations. But the problem is, is once we move through this story that's taking place in Genesis, we get to the book of Exodus, and God's people haven't really been given their land yet that God had promised to the patriarchs. In fact, they actually find themselves in Egypt, and they're growing in number, and the Egyptians are like, we got to get this under control. And so the Egyptians begin to enslave the Hebrew Israelites. And even now, the babies, the male babies that are being born to the Hebrew Israelites are being threatened. Like, just get rid of them. We don't want to see their numbers increase. And so I think that probably God's people at this time, they're asking that question, what's going on? 
how did we get here? How are we supposed to respond to this? And then, of course, we get to the birth of Moses, right? And so Moses is born, this one who's going to interact ultimately with God, but then lead God's people out of Egypt. And I want us to spend a little bit of time in this story. So Moses is born. Remember, he's placed in the river so that the king of Egypt won't find out about Moses. Moses won't be killed. Um, It turns out that Pharaoh's daughter ends up finding Moses, has a soft spot in her heart for him. And so Moses, this Hebrew Israelite, is spared, and his life then is is here present in the midst of these circumstances. And I want us to start in chapter 2, verse 11. So one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinsfolk. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Because ultimately, that's what you do when you're living in an I-it kind of world, right? You're experiencing these circumstances and these things happening around you. And when it's an I-it kind of world, you take matters into your own hands. And so Moses, seeing this taking place where one of his fellow Hebrew Israelites is being beaten by an Egyptian, he goes and he kills the Egyptian. But all of a sudden, he realizes, uh uh-oh. Verse 13, when he went out the next day... um, He saw now two Hebrews fighting, so two of his own people. And he said to the one who was in the wrong, why do you strike your fellow Hebrew? He answered, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. Uh Uh-oh, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh. He settled in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. Let's go to verse 23. We'll jump down a few verses. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. Now, let's just pause there. After a long time. When we read ancient scriptures, Mosaic, we have to to pay attention to those phrases. Sometimes it'll say, you know, after a couple of years had passed. But I love that sense, after a long time. So Moses is in this place of tension for quite a while, right? And chances are, each of us have seasons in our lives. You might be in a season right now where, again, it feels like, how did I get here? How is this going on? But God is very present in the midst of that situation, in the midst of that circumstance. And again, God is patient, Mosaic. God is willing to have all kinds of time. He's willing to use all kinds of time. Are we willing to allow that time to run its course? Are we willing to kind of stick with us and say, even after a long period of time, I believe that God's going to do something. The Israelites groaned under their slavery, and they cried out, And here's some of the most hopeful words that I think we're going to read in this story. Out of their slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. Their cry for help rose up to God. Now, remember what Brendan Manning reminded us of at the beginning, right? God meets me where I live, and he loves me where I am. He cannot meet me unless I am where I am. And whatever our cries are from that place, those cries rise up to God. God heard their groaning, 
And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the cry rises up. God hears. God remembers. Verse 25, God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. God took notice of them, Mosaic. God takes notice of you. He's taking notice of whatever place you find yourself in right now. You have to hold on to that this morning. Let that wisdom from what's taking place here in the story, let it shape you. Let it form you. Let it move you from this place. Chapter 3, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, let's pause right there. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him. Notice the progression of what, happened, of what happens there, right? First, Moses is aware, and he turns, and he looks, and he pauses, and he sees, and then God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on the account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for that, for you, that is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. It's kind of this name that God gives himself. Basically, it's a name like, just, I am who I am sent you, right? Like, there's no definition that you can give to me. I can work in whatever way that I want to work. I'm not bound by, by human limits. I am who I am. That's who sent you. And he said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord. Now there's another name going on here. Um, the Lord, and actually, sorry, we don't have it capitalized there on the screen, but chances are in your scriptures, Lord is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Um, and in the Hebrew tradition, um, it's really just these four kind of Hebrew sounds, yod heh vav heh. 
uh, the tetragrammaton is what Jews call it. And in a sense, yod heh vav is just kind of the sound of breathing. Jews actually believe like that's the name of God. It's just it's the very sound that comes off your breath. So every breath that you breathe is just a reminder that God is the one who is with you in your circumstances. He's living with you right where you are. He's loving you right where you are. So there's a sense that I am who I am, God is saying. That's, that's who's sending you, the one who has no limits, who has no bounds. But also this one, the Lord, who ultimately this name becomes associated with this great act of deliverance that God is going to do. So now Jews, whenever they talk about the Lord capitalized like that, yod heh vav heh, this tetragrammaton, what that is referring to is this act of deliverance. And so it's this God who is present with you, who is just constantly acting to deliver you, to keep moving you forward. You can trust this. So thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Even right here on June 2nd, 2019, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of the circumstances of every person that we go out and meet and share God's grace with this week. This is God's name. The one who isn't... He's not bound by any limits. The one who loves to deliver. The one who loves to keep walking with us through whatever journey we're facing. I was like, here's, here's what I want to encourage us in as we, as we kind of move toward wrapping this up this morning. Um, first thing is this. Wisdom is found in barefoot moments of wonder and awe. Wisdom is found in barefoot moments of wonder and awe. I wonder how many of us this week actually engaged in moments of wonder and awe. I hope that you did. But I also know that it's very easy in the midst of our world where we are um, constantly distracted where we're told to be efficient and productive. There's just no time for wonder and awe. There's no time where we're actually encouraged to like, hey, just step back and just like be blown away for a second. And and the reason I want us to, to think about this is because it's just a beautiful time to be outside in Lincoln right now, is it not? I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And so Moses, remember, as we look back at the story, Moses has this moment where he he goes and he sees that this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And when Moses goes over to look, that's when God speaks. And so that's a nugget of wisdom that's found in this scripture, that if if we really want God to speak to us, if we really want to hear from God, are we willing to kind of step in kind of, what do we notice just happening in creation all around us? Um, I was chatting with Kylia earlier this week, and Kylia, who crafted our prayer for us this morning, but um, I've noticed even on social media, Kylia a couple times has just noticed, even in creation around her, God's meticulous care and his artistry. I mean, it's just like, man, this world is like, it's like God's workshop, right? And, And if God gives that much detail to everything that's in his workshop here, as you just look out around creation, certainly he's giving detail to our lives, Mosaic. 
And maybe that'll allow us just to stay put a little bit more right where we are, realizing that God is present there. He's living with us there. His love is with us there. And if we give it time, he's leading us out in the way that he's going to lead us. And he's going to deliver us in the way that he's going to deliver us. The Jews talk about the miracle not being so much the bush that's on fire, that's not being consumed, but the miracle is actually that Moses took time to actually go and see this thing. That that's really the miracle. And it's in that place that Moses is commanded to take his shoes off, and he's just kind of caught in this moment. Boom, God sees him, and God says, now you're ready. Let, let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. Mary Oliver, um, the poet, she wrote these words. You'll see them here on the screen. Truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood. And she gives us a couple. How grass can be nourishing in the mouth of lambs. How rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity, while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. Those are the people we want to keep company with, Mosaic. People who can say, look at that. That's amazing. Look at what's happening in creation around right now. Like, can we just sit with this mystery for a moment? And can we just like, let's just take our shoes off. Let's just be blown away by this. Singer-songwriter Michael Gunger, who wrote songs for many years, um, and in a sense is kind of on his own journey right now of discovering things. I saw him encourage somebody this week where he said, imagine that you lived 100 years ago and that you've passed, and now you just woke up, and for the next two minutes, for the next two minutes, imagine that you have two minutes again. And like just soak up that two minutes and how amazingly glorious life is. You know, as you, as you consider just your body, the smells, the sights that are around you, and I'm like, man, that's living from a place of wonder and awe right there. That's a beautiful thing. So Mosaic, um, yeah, wisdom is found in barefoot moments of wonder and awe. Get out there this week, right? Step into them. Invite other people to step into those moments with you. Let's see how God speaks to us. Second thing, Mosaic, we are invited to discover God is the one who is not us. Thank God. Um, he's not your friend, as wonderful as your friend is. He's not your spouse, as wonderful as your spouse is, or as annoying as some of you are like, thank God he's not my spouse, you know? Um, God is not us, but God is the one on whom all creatures depend and the one who is present to deliver us. So God said, Moses, who should I say if they ask who sent me? Well, tell them, I am has sent you. I am who I am. In other words, I'm not any of you. I, I don't have any limits. But also, 
the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, this name that will be associated as the one who constantly is acting on behalf of his people to deliver them. And so Jews throughout the ages have really defined God as the one who is present to deliver you. That ultimately that's who God is. The one who is present at all times to deliver you in whatever moment that you're experiencing where it's like, Whoa, I feel like I'm turned upside down. How did I get here? What's going on? God is the one who's present there to deliver you. Third thing, we are invited to discover Christ in us, leading the way. Mosaic, it's important for us to remember that ultimately this story, as it played out, when Jesus comes as the fullness of God, when Jesus ultimately is led to Jerusalem to be crucified, as Jesus um, experiences a resurrection, that all of that is taking place around the Passover celebration in Jerusalem. And so this event here that's leading up to this first initial Passover, right, this miracle where God would work to deliver his people, that that's ultimately where Jesus' death and resurrection, resurrection takes place at the time of that Passover celebration. So Jesus is somehow intricately involved in this. And so Jesus, the risen one who is now present in us, like the apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's I who no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so Christ is living in us as we have come and experienced this union with Jesus. And Jesus is the one who is delivering us, present with us in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Fourth thing. Mosaic, let's go on this journey of rescue and community with each other. Doesn't that sound good? Right? That we do this in community um, with one another, that we share where we're at with one another, that we take times to, like, be vulnerable and open with one another. There's nothing to hide. Because ultimately, that's how God works, right? God is delivering his people from Egypt, but he's delivering them as a community. God is delivering us as a community. He's moving us forward. It's a beautiful hope and promise. And last, our rescue is often wrapped up in our willingness and risk to join God in his work for all people. God is not interested in delivering us so that we can just get on with our isolated lives. God is interested in delivering us. God is passionate about delivering us so that we can go and engage in the lives of others, right? That's the whole reason why God is delivering and rescuing the Israelites, that they can then go and be a blessing to the world around them. Of course, the tragedy in their story is how they often fail to do that because their deliverance ultimately was really about how do they take care of themselves, But Jesus steps into the tragedy of that story, and Jesus shows us what it means to trust his Father for his own deliverance so that ultimately his death, his resurrection, can be to rescue and free others. And so Mosaic often kind of tied into our deliverance and rescue is this sense of like, am I willing to actually see my life as something that God is going to enable to actually come and, and like be a part of other people's rescue and freeing them from oppression. And one of the things I love about our community here is I know many of you that I've seen as you 
have actually opened your life up to allowing God to meet you where you are, but also as you then are thinking about how can my life be a source of blessing to others and a source of extending God's grace to others, that that is where your healing and your rescue and your freedom is found right there. That's the beautiful thing. And that's the awesome part of us as a community, guys. And so this morning, that's, that's my hope for us, that as we step into these beautiful summer months here in Lincoln, Let's experience that God is with us in whatever situation right now that you find yourself. And again, I get it. Sometimes it's just waking up and just waking up and like, uh, I try not to read the news in the morning. I try not to be bombarded by the news. But sometimes just the news of everything that's going on, we find it like, how did we get here? Where is all of this going, right? But then each of those stories are taking place in a myriad of ways in our own lives where there's things happening. It's like, what, what am I supposed to do here? in realizing that God meets us there. And are we willing to kind of just take off our sandals, take off our shoes, and find those, there's those barefoot moments where it's like, God, let me just notice what you're doing in the world around me, and let me trust that the same detail and care that you give to the world, you can, you're going to give to my life too. And I just, I really want to listen. I want to pay attention. I want to share this with the community of people around me, and ultimately I want to open my own life up just in the way that Moses did, where Moses was like, what, you want to send me, God? You want to send me to Pharaoh? Like, you want me to lead these people? I can't do this. But as Moses is willing to enter into the risk of actually allowing his life to be a source of rescuing others, that that's, that's where God meets him. That's how God works. And so as we move forward into the coming weeks, I want to kind of keep looking at some of these stories that God is doing um, in these scriptures that tell us these stories from, from so many years ago just to help us understand, like, what wisdom is found here? Not, not what are the one, two, three steps that, you know, I have leaving this place and how my life can be better, but what wisdom is found here? And am I willing to engage in the wisdom that's present here? Am I willing to actually discover that as this wisdom was embodied in these scriptures, if it's embodied in my own life, God's going to speak to me and lead me, and God's going to do things in us as a community? And I think, Mosaic, one of the beautiful things that we have an opportunity to do is even on June 20th um, to just come alongside City Impact and say, hey, thanks for the work that you guys do in bringing about transformation and rescue and hope um, for people who are in very difficult situations. And so I want to encourage you, um, look at your handout, all right? We'll have it on our Facebook community page, the link as to, like, Arby's has the meats? No, Mosaic, we have the meats. All right? We have the meats, Mosaic. There is no reason we can't come up with 250 hot dogs and hamburgers here. Get them over to City Impact on June 20th. And if you can, hang out. You know, meet some people. Um, cheer them on. Get to know a name, a story. Get to know Jesse and Lizzie and some of the others who, like, Mosaic is their home church. And they're, like, they're working in the midst of this organization. I love it. Um, such a beautiful opportunity before us. So as we come to these tables this morning, I think we do have our bread and cups ready, right? Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. I want to invite Keith um, back up front and uh, Brooke and Darren. And um, Man, some of us know um, last night Keith was playing with Evan Bartles, like I think like beyond the wilderness in western Nebraska. Like, way out there. Keith, what did you get? Like a half hour of sleep last night? Is that what you got? Yeah. And he's here leading us this morning. Um, yeah. Um, so thank you, Keith. Man. 
Yeah. Uh, but man, what a, what a beautiful opportunity, Mosaic, for us to step out into the week barefoot, filled with wonder and awe, you know, not, not giving up hope, you know, just knowing that God is present to deliver you. I am who I am, the one who delivers. I am present to deliver you. And your union with Jesus, uh, man, it's a beautiful thing. So Jesus welcomes us to come and um, be reminded that we are forgiven, uh, that his body was broken, uh, that his body was given for you, for me, for the world, uh, that in his blood is this new covenant, right, this new covenant that God now is not just working with one specific people group, but God is, is working with one specific humanity, all of us, this incredible act of rescue and liberation and ultimately discovering that we have an opportunity to move from an I-it world to an I-thou world. God, you are present with me in my circumstances, and God, you are present in my neighbor's life. And, and how, can, how can we live from a place of wisdom and awe and maybe lead our neighbors into a place of living with a level of wisdom and awe? And together we discover all that God's going to do in our midst. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this Sunday morning, this time that we can be together. I thank you for each and every person who's gathered here. So many stories of just, um, yeah, beautiful love and grace uh, and hope. And um, God, I, I pray for anyone who maybe is in that place this morning um, that Moses was in. How did I get here? God, are you here? What's going on? Uh, and maybe they've been trying to just control the situation on their own. Maybe they're just caught up in all kinds of anxious thoughts. God, help us to slow down. Uh, help us to discover that, that you are there and just allow the miracle to happen in our own lives that we actually come over and take notice that you're there working on our behalf. We pray this in your name. Amen.